Hello and welcome to The Catholic Journey. This is Deacon Pat coming to you from, gosh, a sunny blue sky, um, beautiful day just north of Houston in the woodlands. And it's been a while since I've uh, touched base with you guys. I think many of you know who have been following The Catholic Journey over the past couple of years uh, that we um, have been in a transition for a while. We relocated to um, to Texas a, a few months ago and uh, trying to get a house built and uh, gosh with COVID and all the things that have happened with uh, you know the new president coming in and shutting down the pipeline and really just sabotaging our country in so many ways uh, you probably noticed that things are hard to get now uh, especially things that have to be manufactured and shipped anyway that really took a toll on us with trying to get supplies for our house uh, to get finished well anyway it was finished about a month ago and um, a month ago a little bit more than that I would say and uh, we've been able to move in and we're settled and honestly I finally have the studio set up I've had uh, a couple of times in some of our temporary houses while we've been in uh, Texas, I did a makeshift studio and then uh, had to pack it back up again. And I just got to tell you, I just didn't have the energy to put it back together until we were settled in our house. So we're in a beautiful uh, house now in uh, just north of the woodlands in Texas. And I have one, uh, you know, it's so nice being in some regards, being empty nesters. You know, my wife wouldn't agree with me because she loves having the kids around. But, um, and I do too. I miss having them being a part of, uh, an intimate part of our life. They're kind of spread out. Uh, one daughter's in California still. Another uh, daughter uh, went back to grad school and she's in Chicago. And then my son, Sean, is still in, in the military and he's on the East Coast. And here we are in Texas. So they're gone, and um, we've settled into our new house, and I, I love it. It's a, it's just a modest house, but it is four bedroom, three bath, and so um, I have a, a one room's dedicated to this to the recording studio, which is really nice. I have um, it's four bedroom, three bath plus a library. So, um, so like I said, one room, one of the bedrooms is, um, is the studio, the recording studio. And I have a, a, a nice uh, library for, for reading. Um, and then we have two guest rooms and then the master best bedroom as well. And, um, it's just nice. It feels like we have lots and lots of room. Um, for Texas, it's probably a small house. Um, they think they do things big here. <laughs> But uh, for Liz and I, it's more of a house than we actually really need. But it's very spacious and comfortable, and it's nice to be here. Well, how are you guys doing? I just wonder uh, how life's going for, for most of you guys out there in the world. Um, gosh, we've uh, seems like many of us are struggling in some regards, especially with... Uh, the economic status, you know, our paycheck doesn't go as far as it was going before. It seems like every time I go to the grocery store, things are, um, you know, much more expensive. And gas, can you believe gas? Thank God I'm in Texas. Um, I think our gas is raised up to, I think I paid 200, two, 2.95 a gallon the other day. But I have my brothers in California and uh, they told me they're paying $5 a gallon or over $5 a gallon. Um, how can people afford that? And then, you know, we don't have cold winters here in, um, in Houston, 
but uh, we have lots of friends and family in 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 North Dakota, you know, Minnesota, um, parts of Idaho, and I'm thinking, how are you going to afford to heat your house? Um, uh, gosh, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how things uh, are going to turn out, and. You know, when I when when whenever things start to take kind of a turn in life, I always try to think about how, where is God, you know, in all of this. And and uh, the first thing that comes to my mind is, and I know this to be true, is that whenever there's suffering or struggle in life, uh, most people will turn back to God. And I think it has something to do with. Um, when you're not, when you don't feel in control, or you don't have the answers, or you don't have the resources to solve a problem, um, you turn to back to God. Um, I think innately, a lot of us know that uh, who God is and that God is present, but I think He gets drowned out in a lot of ways with the distractions of life and and just with us wanting to be you know, autonomous in a lot of ways and run our own lives, dictate our own lives, steer our own lives, that uh, we push him into the background and, you know, you push him far enough back and and you can't see him anymore. And I think that happens a lot. So when I think of, you know, when I think of 9-11, I think of, uh, you know, this, the election that we had and and this this president was elected and he seemed to be just from the very start making decisions that were creating just struggle and hardship in people's lives. I think what what is the greater purpose in that? And I think the greater purpose is for us to turn back to God. I think I think that's the goal always in life, isn't it? To turn back towards God and unite with God and try to live a good, honest, virtuous and and holy life. Um, but yet we get in the way. I think culture gets in the way and we get in the way. We can be our own worst enemy sometimes. Um, I don't know about you, but I, I that is true for me. I know that to be a fact. And I, But I think it's part of the Catholic journey too, is that we know we're sinners. We know that we fail in life. Um, we know that uh, left on our own, we often make bad decisions in life. And um, thank God be to God that he uh, gives us insights and opportunities and gives us the grace at times to turn back from our sinful ways and to try to be the the person that God created us to be. Um, I think we forget that sometimes. And, you know, the longer that we live in that kind of darkened state or that state that is, is far removed from, you know, an intimate relationship with God, I think the more despair can set in and sometimes depression and despair can just be our worst enemy because at some point in our lives when we've been living in that darkness, we start thinking that we can't turn it around, that we're stuck. Uh, We start feeling kind of hopeless and uh, thinking that once the, the thing that we once had, meaning, you know, peace and tranquility and hope, and optimism is that is that lost forever, um, and and our we can be our worst enemy with the mind games that we play uh, upon ourselves. And I think many of you know exactly what I'm talking about. And we set high expectations for ourselves, and then we fall, and then we throw in the towel. 
And uh, I think we forget that this life is a journey, and it's a journey of successes and failures, and and learning, and you know, gaining wisdom along the way. And wisdom usually comes from, well, it always comes from experiences. But in those experiences, um, there's a lot more failures than there's successes. So when we look at those failures in life, that's an opportunity to learn and, and to learn to how to do things differently. I think it takes humility to uh, humble enough to know that that we're really kind of weak, struggling individuals in life. That we gain our strength and our optimism from Christ, knowing who Christ is and knowing the love He has, despite you know how uh, flawed we are in uh, using that free will that he gives us in our life. And that free will is usually uh, used in uh, just a self-serving um, self-serving way that uh, is, doesn't make you very proud sometimes when you look backwards. I was having a discussion the other day about purgatory with somebody, and he was a, he was a non-Catholic, and we were talking about, uh, you know, what purgatory is. And this was a Christian, but they weren't, they were brought up in one of the Protestant denominations. So there was absolutely no education on purgatory for them. But when I started explaining a little bit about um, one um, ideology regarding purgatory is that, uh, you know, once you're in the presence of God, and you have the beatific vision, and you can see the way that God sees, and you can see yourself and the acts that you've accomplished in your life. Um, you see it with such clarity that in the presence of such holiness and such purity, you have an overwhelming uh, just uh, thought of, of iniquity and, and filth and shame and... Uh, that that uh, you 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 just burn you burn by looking at the mistakes that you've made in your life and uh, how those mistakes have had ripple effects on other people and those mistakes often were just done just out of pure selfishness and uh, greed and and uh, pride and and uh, and anger and 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 in being in that presence of God. You see yourself as just being just so unworthy, and that it's that it's it's that's the part of the purgatory where you're you're purging yourself of really the sinfulness, and it's not God inflicted, but it's self inflicted. That pain and that suffering is just seeing yourself for who you've been in your life and the things that you've done in your life, and uh, and it, it's it's just a a pain that is almost indescribable in some way is that um, that I think one needs to go through to purify themselves before they can be in the presence, um, the comfortable presence of God and the holy ones that are in heaven. Because nothing, there is no sin in heaven. There's no evil in heaven. There's no, there's no um, unholiness in heaven. And so there's something that needs to happen in transition between this world and the next that purifies us. And that's one of the ideas of what purgatory is, is that not so much of a place, but it's a stage. It's something that has to happen to, um, to allow us to make that transition in purity into heaven. 
And gosh, there's so much more that, that, that I do not know about purgatory. I try to listen to a lot of people. Um, a lot of the, uh, I guess what we what would you call them, you know, prophets of the past who have had insights into what purgatory is. And, and obviously we can read some about it in Maccabees and some of the other uh, parts of the Bible as well. But a lot is left to the imagination for sure about what that place is. But, but, but what is accomplished in that place is uh, pretty clear to me in, in some regards that there has to be kind of a, a reckoning of, uh, of our shortcomings in, in our life that, and a, a purgation and a purification needs to happen there as well. Well, we're almost to the end of the Catholic year. We had Christ the King last weekend, and so this is our last week before we start a new year. We'll be starting year C, coming up in the Catholic Church, and uh, it's a new year for us. So Catholics get to experience a new year celebration before the secular world does on, on December 31st and January 31st. Uh, our liturgical year ends, and we start a new one, a new liturgical year with Advent, the season of Advent. And that starts for us on Sunday. So Catholics or Christians out there, start thinking about your New Year's resolution. Not your January 1st one, but the liturgical one, starting with Advent in the preparation for the coming of our Christ, our Lord and our Savior, which we celebrate uh, at Christmas time. But the liturgical season leading up to Christmas is Advent, and that's where we uh, really reflect on our relationship with Christ. Initially, we reflect on really the experience of, of Christ coming into the world and the gift that God gave us by giving us, giving us his only beloved son and how he gave him to us in the most human of ways uh, through his divine intervention in the person of Jesus of Nazareth. And we can reflect upon really that gift to us and uh, what that meant to us, his life and his experiences while he was here on earth, the teachings that he gave us um, in life, and really when he, the idea and the ideology that he came here really to free us from sin and the sacrifice that he uh, gave us um, is, is, is worthy of uh, really profound reflection. And then the latter part of Advent, then we start uh, thinking a little bit about uh, his return, his return to us that uh, we do not know the day or the hour that he will come, but he will come. We know that for sure. And then we start reflecting upon how marvelous will that will be. But also, you know, Advent has uh, somewhat of a penitential aspect to it as well, especially in that regard when we have to start thinking about, are we ready for when he comes back? What can we do to prepare ourselves more uh, for being the person that God ultimately created us to be? And are we, are we there yet? Um, so part of Advent, yes, in the secular world, it's, it's, it's a fun time. We're doing lots of shopping, decorating, family you know, gatherings together. But it should also be a time with um, lots of self-reflection as well thinking about where we are on our Christian journey and uh, where we are on, on really the journey of, 
of really who we are in regards to who God created us to be. So something to think about. Um, I'm going to start thinking about that as well. And then I'm really excited, you guys. I have a new project. Um, a few years ago, I wrote a, a workbook. Um, it was kind of a holistic workbook. It was called 100 Days to Freedom. And it was really uh, centered on breaking away from really the shackles that the culture around us um, really... Um, uh, imprisons us with and a lot of that has to do with addictions and and uh, how we're bombarded with really the filth of the world and anyway this workbook it's it's uh multifaceted it it covers different areas of your life and it, every day has a new theme and it's a hundred days to freedom and um i'm offering people the opportunity to join in starting January 7th. That's 100 days before Easter. So for many of you who like to do th something, you know, really significant for Lent, this is starting just a little early for Lent. But if you start on January 7th, you have 100 days to uh, participate in this 100 Days to Freedom. And the, the book is available, the workbook. It's relatively inexpensive. You can order it on Amazon.com if you just search uh, Deacon Pat Kearns. Actually, if you go to Google and you put in Deacon Pat Kearns Books, you'll go to a, it'll take you to a website, um, you'll see. You can always go to DeaconPat.net. Think of uh, net like the fisherman, DeaconPat.net. There's also a link to my books there. And uh, you'll see it. Uh, available uh, links there to um, 100 Days to Freedom, a uh, book that you could easily order. I am also going to, before January 7th, um, upload a PDF version to my website, deaconpat.net. It won't have all the charts and, and the, uh, the checklists and things that the workbook has, but it'll have the daily reflections and the themes in there. So um, if you don't have the resources to buy the book, which I think is under $10, the workbook, um, and uh, you can still follow along as well, because I think it's a really much needed journey that many of us could benefit from. And I'm going to do it as well. And the other thing is, is I'm going to podcast. I'm going to start January 7th and I'm going to do a daily podcast of the theme of the day. So you could, you'll be able to follow along the journey um, with my, my reading of the, uh, the theme of the day and also a small reflection on it. So uh, mark that on your calendars. January 7th uh, is the day that we'll be starting the daily podcast. Um, for the theme of the day and working through 100 Days to Freedom. And um, I'm really looking forward to it. I haven't done it in a couple of years. Uh, when I wrote it, I actually um, uh, followed through the program. And, I, and it, as, I, as I journeyed every day, I wrote uh, the theme of the day. And it was just very uh, rewarding for me. And so um, I have shared the workbook with quite a few different men's groups and... and um, and a variety of people and uh, clergy and lay people. And they seem to have really enjoyed it was the feedback that I received. Um, and they grew tremendously from it. And so I hope you can do that as well. Well, anyway, this was my initial reconnect. And uh, I wanted to just say hi. And I'll 
try to get back on track with some regularity so I can uh, touch base with you and share really my Catholic journey with you and uh, participate in your journey as well. Well, you take care, and it was nice touching base. I hope you had a nice Thanksgiving, and I'm looking forward to a great new year starting on Sunday. Well, God bless you, and may God always keep you in his loving embrace. Until I see you again, bye from Deacon Pat.